You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So I should have listened to Judd. I should have just listened to Judd's all yet. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Hey, can I hit that quarterback in the face? I want to do it. You like that? You like that? Come on. Football. <laughs> Football. Mm, it's that time of the year. Yes. We're doing our tour around the NFC North this week on Mackie and Judd with Rami here on Score North, scorenorth.com, Score North on 1500, and the Score North mobile app. And joining us now to talk some Packers is Packer Hall of Famer from 105.7 FM, the fan down in Milwaukee, my buddy Leroy Butler. Roy Lee, what's up? <laughs> Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Roy, you're the perfect guest at the perfect time, not because uh, we're talking football, but because of what we were talking about right before I brought you on, which is... <laughs> this is actually why we need you this on. This is why we need you on here, because this is just the type of analysis that you do, Leroy Butler. Both of my co-hosts here, we have bathrooms uh, in the building that the lights are timed, and both of yeah. them have gone in there and exceeded the time limit, and it's it's motion activated. So they had to exit the stall, go to the middle of the bathroom, pants around the ankles, and wave to get the light to go back on. And I said, stuff like this is exactly why I only play home games when it comes to things that take that long. But you're, if I remember correctly, you're with me, right? You only play home games when it comes to that particular situation. Is that correct? No question about it. Oh. That should not even be debated. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Former pro athlete who no on the road debate. all the time. <laughs> hey. You would get Certain it. things a man got to do, a man got to do. Wait, so hold on. So so when you when you are on the road for, you know, like your job playing football back in the day, is the home stadium just the hotel at that point? Like yeah, what is, I think so, right? Well, yeah, you know what? I think in my mind, I'm. I'm the only one using it. Yes. Thank you. Is that what your guys' yes. hang up is that somebody else was yeah. keeping it warm for you? Yeah. Yes. 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 Tell them how I saved a man today in distress yes. in the stall. My guy Judd here, Leroy, he's a hero because he and a, a strand, somebody we don't know, a yet to be known uh, a, a, a victim, what, they were in side by side stalls and the light went out and it was, and they didn't say anything to each other, but there was this unspoken thing of who's going to get up and go get that light turned back on. And Judd, took it upon himself. He oh, took the my. initiative. I was a quarterback. <laughs> I was Farvian. <laughs> I called the play. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what you can do next time. Okay. I've heard of this. All right. What you can do next time, do you know behind the toilet is an extra thing of tissue? Throw the tissue over there and it'll come back on. That's not a bad idea. Just throw something that's, that's over throw, throw something over the stall like yeah. a like a shoe. Yeah, just yeah, throw something over there, and it'll hit that switch, or something moves, and it comes back on. But what you got there is disgusting. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I, I consider myself a hero until now. Somebody had to do it, Leroy. Something had to be done. 
Dude, the best part yeah, is Judd actually Judd Lambo leaped over the top of the door when he was back <laughs> into the spot. Dude, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. <laughs> All right, Leroy, we brought you on because it is our, it is our uh, tour. I don't want to work around the NFC North, and uh, we wanted to get your thoughts on the Packers. First things first, what are your first impressions of the new head coach Matt Lafleur? Because I feel like with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, if he's just a competent yeah. NFL head coach, the Packers go back to being the favorites in the division. Well, the thing about it is you have to look at what happened 13 years with Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy came in, and it was one of these things about, you know, Brett Favre was kind of on his last leg, if you want to say that, but he still went to a championship game in 07, and Aaron Rodgers has a chance to grow, but he has a chance to grow with a coach like McCarthy who's had some success. So now you bring in a guy who, uh, Matt LaFleur, and I'll even go back further. When my first year was with Mike Holmgren, he had never been a coach before, but he was with San Francisco 49ers and won a championship. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to grow together and learn together, but his pedigree is pretty good, so I'll sit back and just be coached. The thing about Aaron Rodgers, he's probably thinking, if you put him in like a dark room, not in a bathroom, by the way, with a light on him and say, (laughs) do you think you you probably know more football than Matt LaFleur? He would say probably yes. So you have to find an even kill for these guys. Most 35-year-old guys, they hang out with guys in their 30s. I'm 51. I hang out with guys in my 50s. So I think that's what the Packers wanted to do, get LaFleur, a guy who's 39 years old, who's young enough to challenge Aaron Rodgers. They can kind of grow together, get some kind of a bromance going, and kind of be like what they have up in New England. The coach and the player, Brady, they respect each other, and they stay on both lines. That's what you're hoping happens. If that happens, Aaron Rodgers will get back to putting up the numbers you've been seeing. Most of the guys his age are putting up like Drew Brees. Is it is it fair to say, I you know Tom Brady has all these rings, and Bill Belichick is regarded as the greatest coach of our of our era. And whether you want to debate that or not, it's probably for a different show. But if Aaron Rodgers is it that Aaron Rodgers has been put in less advantageous situations than Tom Brady, or is it that Aaron Rodgers has been less open-minded to certain things as Tom Brady? Because I think Rodgers is a more talented quarterback. Uh, you know, that's a good question. Here's my thing, and here's my belief on this. I'm all pro. I don't care who the coach is. I really don't. I don't care what the system is. I don't care who they have around me. I just play, and I make everybody around me better for people to look at me and say, listen, as long as this guy is getting dressed, we have a chance to win. And that's what people think about the number 12 that's in New England. As long as he's there, they feel good about it. They've not gone out and drafted some quarterback to take his place of the future. They tried that and sent him over to San Francisco. No, they figure Tom Brady's going to be here forever. So the thing about with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers came in. I will say this about Aaron Rodgers. There's a disclaimer, though. No other quarterback had to take a franchise with so much slander from all the Brett Favre people than Aaron Rodgers. So he was at a disadvantage. But he can learn from Tom Brady by not complaining about who's around him, but making those groups around him better 
by playing better. As a uh, former defensive standout player, answer me this with your prediction. As we uh, morph more and more towards every rule and rules being towards the success of the offense and not the defense, interference now being a, a reviewable um, call. Oh, my. Your, your, because, because you probably made some great plays back in, in the day, and I'm not saying you cheated, but you probably made some great plays, and you're like, I got away with it a little bit there, but you know what? You did get away with it. And now a flag comes out. So back in the day, if you know you made this great play, and and all of a sudden you see the flag, and they're like, "Oh no, he did uh, in- interfere on that play." Your prediction for how this is going to work out? It's going to be kind of silly because if you think about, it, there was no social media back then for somebody to complain about what happened against the Rams and the Saints. Mm-hmm. It was no, it wasn't that big of a deal. Because trust me, when Jay Novacek would run a double move on me and I pull his jersey and I didn't get a flag, he didn't complain about it. He just said, hey, listen, I got to separate from you. It was part of the game. But for what they're going to do now, first of all, you can't hit them at the five yards. You can't hit them above the shoulders. You can't hit them above, you know, below the knees. There's a lot of things you can't do. It's just hard for defensive backs. But at the same time, at the same time, if a receiver, if they're going to push off, if they're going to call that, then I think it'll be a level playing field and everybody will be fine. But if they don't call that, then it's going to be an issue. Talking with Packer Hall of Famer Leroy Butler of The Fan down in Milwaukee. Leroy, let's talk about that defense because we saw improvements down there in Mike Pettin's first year, and he was basically working with the same cast of characters that Dom Capers was working with for so many years. It was just scheme uh, in large part made that defense a little bit better. They went and invested a lot of resources in the draft and free agency this offseason in the defense. Are you a believer that that side of the ball will hold up its end of the bargain when so many times it has not in the Aaron Rodgers era? Well, I think the thing about it with Mike Daniels being released a day before camp, I think it it makes your defense um, not as good as it would have been. I mean, I think they were tied for eighth or eighth in the league in sacks last year with 44 sacks, but I think they only had seven or eight interceptions. That's not very good. But the thing about this particular defense and the reason why they brought Pettit back is you don't need a lot of pro bowlers. You really don't. You just need guys to buy into the system. They're going to switch defenses every single play, regardless of what the offense does. The system works, but they have to have guys who can funnel the defense and funnel the football to go where they want it to go. Otherwise, they're going to get on a shootout every single week, and Aaron Rodgers got to put up Mahomes-type numbers for them to be in games. But what they figure they're going to do, that's why they took Rashad Gary and the Smith brothers, they're going to put so many packages out there to confuse quarterbacks and make the quarterback throw the ball at their strength, and that'll be on the perimeter of the defense. And then hopefully it works. Leroy Butler with us here. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. What are your thoughts, just in general, on the Minnesota Vikings? Two-part question, I guess. Your thoughts on the Vikings and what they might be in 2019 and your thoughts on Kirk Cousins? Well, here's the thing about uh, Cousins. If you're, if you're a fantasy football guy when he was in Washington, he always put up numbers, and you would say, well, how good would he be if he had great talent? Well, guess what? He had the best tandem receivers in the league. Kyle Rudolph can still get open. Even if the offensive line isn't that great, they still have a guy at Florida State, which is my alma mater, at running back. If Dalvin Cook is healthy, 
I think he can take a lot of pressure off of that offense. But Kirk Cousins has the best tools. Now, I will say this. I feel bad for him that his offensive coordinator gets fired somewhere during the season. But at the same time, he has to put up a shut-up this year. Otherwise, I think the head coach, who I like a lot, and Cousins, they're going to have to start over at quarterback and head coach. Do you think the Bears come back and have as good a season as they did last year, or do you think they take that natural step back that a lot of teams do? Is Khalil Mack still there? Yes. As he far is. as I know, he is, yeah. He is. <laughs> that, that's seven games right there. So all the Trubisky guys could have three games. Okay? <laughs> Just don't mess it up. The guy with a Jordan Howard, they're not going to run the ball physically anymore, but they're going to have a running back by committee. But Tariq Cohen is going to be the guy. If Burton, their tight end, if he's healthy, he's going to be open a lot. And I'm going to tell you something. And their receivers are receivers that don't have the big names, but these guys, for some reason, have been getting open down the field. So all Mr. Biscuit has to be is above a game manager, and they can win nine to ten games. I'm going to say ten games because that defense, although they lost their defensive coordinator, they're still very good. Now, the swap was Amos for ha-ha Clinton Dix, how good did you get? Well, Amos was an interceptor. Ha-ha Clinton Dix, that's his whole game is about getting picks. So they're hoping he'll be better, although I think he's going to start out because he has a knee injury. I think he'll be fine. The Bears are still going to be the favorite as of right now on paper. All right, Leroy, before we uh, say goodbye, and, and we'll, we'll hopefully do it again, you got to tell us at least one thing about Rami and tell our audience that we should know. Like, what what's... Give us some dirt on Rami Makhlouf here, having worked with well, him for a I long time. I, well, first of all, I love him, so it's going to be hard, but I'm going to oh. do it because it's going to make good radio. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'd expect nothing we less. Tons, we always had tons of sponsors who would give us food. Just a true story. They would always give us food, or I would cook something and bring it in, and we'd put it on this little table. We never knew who was taking the food. We thought it was an intern because they ain't got no money. They live with their parents in the basement. We're thinking it got to be maybe the cleanup guy. We set up a little sting operation, and guess what we found out was taking all the food. <laughs> I'm surprised you even had to set up a sting operation. Right, right. Why even wa- I mean, why waste it? Like, Ron is like, hey, listen, I don't want this food to spoil. I'm going to take it home. But he was cheap, so he... I was ahead of the game. He'd go home, he'd take the food home, he could eat that evening, and he was great. And then it was the last thing I will say. Do not tell him he doesn't have the best hair or he will swing on you. Your hair is not looking good today. He would throw daggers at you with his eyes. Just lie to him, tell him he has the best hair, including the women in the building. And you'll be fine. <laughs> Other than that, the guy's perfect. Leroy, I know outside of football, your your expertise is celebrity gossip and any sort of drama. Uh, one, how come I didn't see you in any of the videos from J-Lo's 50th birthday party last night? Because I know you were there with Fat Joe and the rest of the gang, A-Rod, and, and the whole deal. And two, have you heard this craziness about Diddy and Steve Harvey's 22-year-old daughter who also used to be Diddy's uh, son's girlfriend? Yeah. What is what is what is happening? You know I love this pettiness, but to be honest with you, 
the reason why I've been up, I have not been up on these things. I just got back from Sweden. I'm trying to get ASAP Rocky back home. <laughs> 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 All right, Leroy. Oh. I know you had a big hand in getting Meek Mill out, so I'm sure ASAP will be out shortly. Yeah, yeah. Meek Mill got a new town, so we we working, we working, we working out here in these streets. Leroy, thank you so much for your time, man. See Miss you, you, buddy. Oh my god, you guys are awesome. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah. Appreciate it. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> He's such a good dude. <laughs> what was? I'm sorry. What such was that last dude. thing you brought up? I don't so even know Diddy, about this. You know Diddy. Is, I know who Diddy right? is, and okay. I know who Steve Harvey is. Steve Harvey's 22 year old daughter. Yeah. Used to date Diddy's son. Okay. Now there are rumors that Diddy stole Steve Harvey's 22-year-old daughter from his own son and is now dating her himself. Oh, sure. Rumors. Yeah. You got Spec- a lot of money and you're bored. That's re- buy, reckless speculation. <laughs> yeah. I- <laughs> Rami's. Reckless speculation. Rami's reckless speculation. That no, was- this is TMZ. And they're never on. No. X Games Minneapolis returns to U.S. Bank Stadium August 1st through the 4th, featuring four days of the world's best action sports music and festival experience. Don't miss the greatest action sports athletes on the planet and musical performances from Incubus, POS, the Wu-Tang Clan, and more. Tickets and more information at xgames.com slash tickets. And join me and Dan Terhar for Score Norse coverage of Minnesota United and the Vancouver Whitecaps this Saturday night with the pregame at 6.30 p.m. kickoff at 7 right here on Score North on AM1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. All right, Jonathan Harrison... He's back after a hiatus yesterday, and he's just as corrupt as ever. Uh, he's never got changes. three questions, and we've got answers, and he will award points arbitrarily as he sees fit here in this segment. If you missed Leroy Butler, go back and take a listen. That was uh, the last leg on our NFC North trip around the rest of the division. You can find us on demand, Score North mobile app, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you find podcasts. All right, Jonathan, what do you got for us today? All right, so now that the... Thank you. Now that the Yankees are out of the way, the Twins have the easiest remaining schedule in the league. What does that mean for them going forward? It means a division championship. It means they start to put distance between themselves and the Cleveland Indians the way that they did in the first couple of months of the season because they are the better baseball team. I've said that since the start of the season. I will not waver. Somebody tweeted at us today that it's stupid to to use the argument that the Twins have the easiest record in the league for the remainder of the season. He said, what does that mean? It means that's exactly what the Indians have been doing since the start of June. It's no coincidence that that's when they started making up ground on this team. You throw in injuries. You throw in a schedule that wasn't kind to them in terms of the frequency of the off days that the Twins had. That's why the Indians made the ground on the Twins that they did. And now it's time for the tables to turn. The Indians start facing some better baseball teams. The Twins get to face the White Sox, Royals, and Tigers of the world plenty over these last two months. And so they pull away and win this division. Yeah, and, be, it, it, and I'll, I'll even put it this way. Good night, sweet Cleveland. You will not be. It might even mean that Cleveland become sellers once they well no they won't because they're going to play a couple bad teams still before the deadline so Cleveland yeah so Cleveland's not going to drop off in time but it means the Twins are going to go back to playing the 40 and 18 type of baseball we saw in the first two months of the year the the, the fact that the Twins played 500 baseball for two months is fine play 500 baseball against a bunch of really good teams 
and go beat the crap out of the Royals and ideally this weekend the White Sox and the Tigers and other bad teams you play. So good night, Cleveland. You almost caught the Twins, but you didn't do it in time. I love to uh, to praise potentially, but then within that praise, throw down a gauntlet, and this provides a perfect chance to. It means the Twins are going to win the American League Central, Jonathan Harrison, but it means absolutely nothing unless they make a trade to improve their pitching because, yes, the schedule becomes easier, and the Twins have proven that they can beat bad teams, and that's all well and good. But unless they do something substantial to help their bullpen and probably starting rotation before the deadline, it ultimately means nothing because it ends in a uh, first-round playoff exit. So, yes, the good news is you're playing bad teams again. You, we know that you can beat up on those bad teams. Hell, you can pro- probably beat them, worst case, 15-9, to 16-10 if you need to. But it means absolutely nothing for the ultimate goal unless you improve this pitching. That's the answer I was looking for, Judd. It means nothing unless they go out and improve themselves at the trade deadline coming up. And I know you guys were that was a trick thinking question. about that, but trick you guys question. never said it. Judd was the one who voiced it. Always, trick so. question. Always think about how you can dump on the team yeah, as well much. as praise them. That's, key, that's the key to getting a that point. The, that's also going to be a to life. cut. Oh. I'm just gonna... That's the key to life. Key to life. <laughs> never be totally positive. It never pays off. All right. There's going to be a drop in there. There's a monster behind every corner. Training camp opens tomorrow for the Vikings and a question posed on Conduits of Trouble, Judd's podcast with Chip Scoggins that was just posted a little while ago, got me thinking, which player were you fooled by the most in training camp (laughs) slash preseason in any sport, not just football, but in any sport? Mm -hmm. Um, I'll go first. I've told this story to Judd a few times. He knows the story I'm going to tell, but I want Rami to Google Nick Blackburn for a second. All right. Okay. Okay. Right. Oh, this go, is in your beat writing days, too. This, go, is, this was glorious. Go to Nick Blackburn's baseball reference page. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Looking at it. So you got Nick Blackburn's page up there? I'm looking at him. Handsome okay. young man. So Nick Blackburn, one of the nicest human beings ever. Mm-hmm. However. Okay. So Nick Blackburn. <laughs> That's always the kiss of death. <laughs> I, Trevor makes a great guy. Yeah. So Nick Nick Blackburn was actually, he was a quality pitcher for a couple years, 2008, 2009, uh, he mm-hmm. was he was 400 innings over those two seasons and was was very respectable. He was an above average major league pitcher around a four innings. ERA. Yep, he was just a good solid number four Nothing starter. Eye popping, but solid. Big game Blackie is what they called him. He's he pitched he pitched in game 163 against the White Sox, gave up one run. It was a home run to Jim Tomey. But then he kind of went awry. He went sideways in 2010-11. The ERA skyrocketed. The big thing with Blackie was. He's got that sinker ball, right? But mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, he just he's felt a little too strong out there. He's just like they 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 actually had him try to wear himself out a little bit before start so that he his sinker would sink more. Right. So he's like too strong in some of these starts. Throwing it too hard. It was going right into the yeah, ground. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just straight into the glove without sink. Sure. Either way, it's mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. So before the 2012 season in spring training, they were working on some things with Blackie. Let's move you from this part of the rubber to that part of the rubber to give a different angle on your pitches coming into home plate. Working on a couple of things, a little bit of a different twist on his cutter, right? Just like tweaking a couple of things. And that was the narrative, and I was a beat writer for 1500 ESPN at the time, covering the Twins in spring training. And I'll never forget, in an in a exhibition game against the Boston Red Sox, and Justin Morneau was playing first base, David Ortiz, I think Ortiz like worked a walk or something against Blackie, or got like a little seeing-eye single up the middle, and he's standing at first base, and I heard this through Justin Morneau. And he tells Justin Morneau, man, Blackie's looking nasty this, this spring. What's going on with Blackie? So the whole story was like David Ortiz thinks Blackie's going to be great again, and 
Make Blackie great again was the theme for spring training. <laughs> now, Rami, go ahead and read his 2012 numbers his to the audience. 2012 season, he uh, threw 98 innings, had a uh, 7.39 ERA, a 1.713 whip. <laughs> How many strikeouts in those 98 innings? Let's see. Strikeouts per nine innings was 3.8. <laughs> I love Nick Blackburn as a human, but I've never been more wrong about anything. Wow, Nick Blackburn. Okay, I uh, as as a young lad, my dad would take us to Bears training camp in Platteville, Wisconsin, every year. And I remember when the Bears drafted Alonzo Spellman. Do you guys remember Alonzo Spellman? Uh, vaguely, yeah, remember the name. Alonzo Spellman. Let me see if I should have had this ready, but let me see if I can pull up his uh, his dimensions real quick. Was called was called by Mike Ditka. The greatest physical specimen ever created to play the game of football. No. This guy was built, born, designed physically to play the game of football. I remember he was 6'4", 292, by the way, with arms that went down to his knees. Like, almost literally arms long enough that they go, went go down to his arms. knees. I go to training camp, and Alonzo Spellman is just destroying people. Like, in one-on-ones, just making these dudes look like children out there on the field. Practice gets over. Alonzo Spellman, there's a line, you know, like there always is at training camp to get autographs, and I'm standing there. And he takes the pen to sign an autograph for me. And you see how when I hold a pen to write, there's like three inches of pen sticking out of the back of my hand? His hands were so large, it just swallowed the entire pen (laughs) when he grabbed it to sign an autograph. Like, the pen was just gone in these gargantuan hands. (laughs) The guy had disappointing season after disappointing season after disappointing season, and I'm not making light of his situation at all. I know that there were a lot of jokes going around. I probably contributed to a few of them when, when the situation was happening. But fast forward, I don't know, 10, 11 years, and this guy is in a mental health institute. He breaks free, and he's wandering down the side of the highway. No shoes, no socks, no shirt. Police vehicles following after him closely, not wanting to like startle him or, or rile him up because he could probably take on a whole fleet of cops with the size and the mental state that this guy was in. Eventually, I don't know if this was the same incident or they were separate incidents, he ends up at his house, suicidal. His therapist or psychiatrist is there trying to talk him down. It took Mike Singletary on a bullhorn outside of his house wow. to talk him down and give himself up and surrender himself Yikes. to the authorities and go and get the help that he needed. Well, that's that is. But he looked right dark. But he looked right in training camp. Yeah. He was a freak, dude. He was a freak. But that camp. downfall from from where he was and the expectations for him to that, yeah. I think, is what Jonathan was looking for in this question. Uh, there have been <laughs> there have been so many of these in both my uh, life as a sports fan and then covering sports that I'll go quickly and get, give you the same one that I Chip and I were talking about. In Conduits of Trouble, in fact, I think this might have brought the uh, subject up, Jonathan, as you sat there and listened. But uh, one day in training camp, Vikings high second round pick, Chris Cook, had three interceptions in in a training camp. And I think it was year two. Year one had been a complete bust. But, you know, you're always looking for cornerbacks, and this guy was a fairly high draft pick, and Chris Cook had three picks. And I remember 
Chip and I were like, this is incredible. This is a great story. This is fantastic. We called the sports desk and said, forget the story that we were going to do as the main for tomorrow because now we're going to write about Chris Cook. This is Chris Cook has found himself and Chris Cook in, in the fields of Mankato has looked so fantastic that it deserves a headline and a huge story. And of course, we wrote it three interceptions, blah, blah, blah. Well, Chris Cook never developed into anything but a pretty bad guy. And I think he was gone after maybe two and a half years yeah. or something. He didn't have a single career interception, if I remember right. You yeah. are correct. Wow. Yeah. But he had but more you know what, cases than interceptions. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? He had three that day in Mankato, and damn it, Scoggins and I were all over it. <laughs> Who was the quarterback? The cornerback? The quarterback. Oh, the quarterback that day? Oh, it's probably a combination of Tavares, Sage, and J.D. Booty. Someone who's not in the league anymore. <laughs> I'm going to have to give this point to Phil Nick Blackburn. That just brought me back to an era of Twins pitching that just ruins any Twins fan oh, if they remember bad. it. It was bad. Last up, you mentioned Zlatan earlier in his comments about being a Ferrari among Fiats. He talked all last week about how great he was, and he rose to the occasion and lived up to the billing. What is the best type? What is the best bit of self hype that a player actually lived up to afterwards for uh, you guys? I'll go quickly here. I believe this was an interview in uh, Yankee Spring Training in the late seventies when Reggie Jackson had jumped as a free agent from the Orioles to the Yankees, and he was talking to a Sports Illustrated reporter, and he told him, "I am the straw that stirs the drink." And then he went on to what hit three home runs in a World Series game in seventy-seven against That's the Dodgers, and and Thurman. Thurman Munson got really PO'd because he's like, I'm the captain of this team, and you're saying that you're the straw that stirs the drink, but Reggie was exactly right and uh, certainly lived up to the hype. So that was, and that line feels right. That quote is just fantastic. Uh, I'm going to go old school as well. A guy who said, I'm so mean, I make medicine sick, and I should be a postage stamp. That's the only way I'll ever get licked. Muhammad Ali. That's pretty damn good. Another good one. Like literally really told good. you for 20 years how great he was and backed it up almost every single time. The only guy who might be a better trash talker than Muhammad Ali is Deion Sanders, who when he left the Falcons for the 49ers and the two teams were slated to play the following season, he talked the whole week how he was going back to the house that Deion built and then went up against Andre Risen, who he trash talked all week, slapped him around when they got into a fist fight, which Deion initiated. Then intercepted a pass and returned it 93 yards for a touchdown that helped the 49ers to a 28-3 to lead. And I think they went on to win the game uh, 42-3 was Jeez. the final in that game after Dion told Andre Risen and the Falcons exactly what he was going to do to him and then did it to him anyways. That is amazing. I'm going to give this point to Phil and the win to Phil today. There was no better trash talker than Muhammad Ali, and there's no one who walked or brought through and came through on that trash talker. Yeah. Pillows, Rami Maclow. Probably the my pillow. I know I love my pillow. I fall asleep faster and better than I ever have before. Got to get one for yourself. And right now, my pillow is offering their premium pillow for their lowest price ever, just thirty four ninety nine per pillow. All you got to do is go to mypillow.com, select your size, and enter the promo code North. And my pillow's patented fill will help adjust to how you sleep, so you can sleep better than you ever have, just like I do. You can even throw it in the washer, throw it in the dryer. 
prior. My pillow has a 60 day money back guarantee. So if for whatever reason you don't like it, you will. But if you don't, you get a full refund. It also comes with a 10 year guarantee. 10 years. What do you got to lose? And right now you can get a premium my pillow for just $34.99. It's their best offer ever. Just go to mypillow.com, enter the promo code NORTH in the radio special tab in the type top right hand corner and get two pillows for $69.98. That's $34.99 per pillow. You can give them a call at 800-620-4439. It's their best price ever for the best pillow that you'll ever get. That website again, mypillow.com, promo code NORTH. Better sleep is waiting for... 5.45 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. This download brought to you by MyPillow. Vikings training camp. It opens up tomorrow. It's finally here. Football is back. We'll have plenty of content for you to download, whether it's callers' articles at the freescorenorth.com, daily episodes of Purple Daily. It'll all be there. Every angle of training camp covered by the Score North crew. All of it at the freescorenorth.com and the Free Score North mobile app. Join me and Dan Terrars. For Score North's coverage of Minnesota United Vancouver Whitecaps this Saturday night with the pregame at 6.30, kickoff at 7 right here on Score North on AM 1500. ScoreNorth.com and the Score North mobile app. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. So, Pat, we'll uh, we'll definitely do a, a deep dive into the Vikings second string defenders here shortly with you, but <laughs> Noah Syndergaard is... So, your guy Buster Olney is, is tweeting that not only are the Mets interested in kicking the tires on a Syndergaard trade, but the, some people around the league, rival executives, are saying, no, they want to get rid of him in the next six days. Um, would he, like, his, it's the worst season he's had, and he's been injured the last few years, but how do, how do you view two and a half years of Noah Syndergaard, which is what he has left in team control? I don't know. I loved him two years ago, obviously, but, man, he can't stay healthy. It would be a disaster if you, uh, you know, if you traded, like, two of your five best and three prospects overall, and then two weeks later he can't pitch. Yeah. I want somebody who's been healthy. <laughs> I want so That's why I wouldn't touch Giles with a 700-foot pole. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't tell me the guy's got a sore level or a bad shoulder. I'm not touching him. Because the only reason I'm getting him is so he can pitch like Verlander did and get me uh, to the uh, you know to the promised land. I don't know why are we hot for Syndergaard. Why don't we get Trevor Bauer? They're going to trade him. Of course, you'd have to turn around and give them big leaguers instead. They're going to trade him probably to the Yankees and get a couple of big leaguers in exchange and a couple of prospects. But uh, you know, I just I I don't know. Syndergaard scares me just because. Uh, but man alive. He would, uh, if he was healthy, there would be about, uh, what, make, what, what do you, how many starts you get out of him? Do you get 12 in two months? You get 12, maybe. Yeah, something like and, that. And, uh, you get 12. You'll have four of them where you can, uh, where the bats can take the night off in there and he'll have, uh, you know, seven innings and 12 strikeouts. But I, I just worry about him with the, with the physical problems he's had. Seems to be kind of a big knucklehead too, doesn't he? I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, great hair. Yeah, it's it's tempting, it's tempting for sure. But uh, boy, it would be horrible. And, and you know, there's no guarantee, but it would be horrible to make a trade like that and then a guy turn around and not be able to get to the finish line for you. So, Pat, of all the names of uh, starters and bullpen arms that have been floating around in the past week or two weeks. Give me two guys who you who would top your list and be realistic. 
Strowman, I like Strowman. I like Strowman because he has a, a, you know, he has a, you know, that sinker ball is back now, and I know it's not a sinker ball game anymore, but uh, uh, I, I think he looks physically fit to me. He looks like he's sound uh, physically. Uh, I think he's, uh, you know, fairly predictable as to what you're getting now that he's bounced back, and he can get, he can pitch fairly efficiently. Unlike 90% of these guys now, he can get on one of those rolls where he gets six and seven pitch innings and can give you seven innings. And uh, I like him. I like him as a athlete. I like him as a, you know, and, and I know he had his problems too. Uh, he had a lousy year. I don't know if it was a pressure or what. But, uh, yeah, I think I'd take him over Syndergaard myself just because of the track record. Pat, so, do you see any like way to, that we get to July 31st and, and the Twins haven't made a, a splashy move? Yes, yeah. The, nobody made a move, but it, it depends upon what your definition of splashy is. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a chance that they're going to, you know, I saw that Hudson guy named as a big pitcher and he's got a four ERA up in Toronto. He's got a good arm. But I can see, uh, I can see them getting two guys. Like that, you know, I can see them not, uh, you know, going, you know, going big because there's only about maybe there's 12 teams trying to get these uh, people and there's only probably, you know, what, three really surefire relievers and, you know, maybe three, four starters. So, yeah, I can see them, you know, just getting a couple of, you know, marginal middling type of guys that are better than what you have and not not making the big the big move because you know they might just get out bit yeah that 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 can happen like the cubs uh, now see the one problem you got the cubs in it now too they uh, they they look around and they already got Kimbrough, but they i think they feel like they need another starter and uh you know they might they're willing to do anything to win right now because i think they see their uh window closing and they're in a lousy division and they should be able to win it so uh, Pat, bless, yeah. blessing in disguise jaco Dorizzi kind of showed you that he's jaco Dorizzi. he's fine but he's not the guy that was that was out there with a two era in the first two months and oh, he, he showed well, that. him and martin perez is uh, you know that one's not gonna last i think that thing that's kind of saving him is that Pineda has been better now than he was early he's you know the other day he had a tough game. He had six walks. I wasn't sure if it was him or the tight strike zone because there was a bunch of walks in that game, but uh, he's kind of saved him. But yeah, I I think that uh, I don't know. If I had my brothers, I'd probably get a starter and put Perez in the bullpen, and I'm not sure if he can pitch out of the bullpen. Does he come in throwing enough strikes to pitch out of the bullpen? I don't know. The other thing that concerns me is none of these starters in the modern game, none of these starters has missed any starts. I mean, they've been basically, I think Pineda had one. They skipped him once, right? Yeah. And, but you get to the middle of August, uh, without, you know, without these guys missing, you know, having any downtime, I think you, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little stretch where they, if they can find another pitcher, they go to a six man rotation and try to freshen up the arms for September. That's, uh, that's just the way I, I know the, you know, people my age, ah, these guys are a bunch of wussies, but, uh, that's, uh, you know, in the modern game, 
it's not always an asset that uh, you're, you you start the same five guys all season. They can they can be sucking wind, especially you got Pineda, who's you know weighs seven hundred thirty five pounds and uh, is uh, coming back off Tommy John. You got Mark Martin Perez has never been this far down the road, and uh, you, you got some of these guys in uncharted territory. So hey Pat, I, I don't know. Hey Pat, yes. who's this popping guy? Yes. Who's this popping guy? Oh, he was up before. Okay. He was up before. He made that. Didn't he make a? Did he make a start? Did he? Right? I, I, I honestly got no idea. We called him Let Mary Poppins <laughs> before because I couldn't remember his first <laughs> well, name to save pitched, my life. He came All up right. and he pitched okay. He came he up did. and he pitched okay. But his last game, I noticed it. His last game, I look. At, I usually look at the Rochester box score because there's an eighty percent chance one of those guys will be here tomorrow, right? And he had three and a third. Uh, ten base runners, eight earned runs, and that has earned him a promotion. No. <laughs> this is not, as I said the other day, when they called up. Uh, I think Thorpe because he had a bad game too. This is not a meritocracy <laughs> for, for relief pitching. The the uh, I said on Twitter they have one requirement for promotion: you must have a pulse <laughs> as a reliever. But you, you must. They put a. They put a mirror under your nose, and if you can clotter up, yep, get him up here. Get rid of that smelter. Smelter, <laughs> uh, I, I love smelter. Smelter might be my favorite Twins fine. player right now. He's, I think he's fine. He's, I, I think he could help them. Uh, but they they got this idiotic. Okay, he pitched five innings. They were no sweat innings, right? He could pitch in two days. He can come in and give you an inning against uh, two left-handed hitters in two days. You don't have to. Worry about oh man, he pitched five innings. We can't pitch him again till the week from Thursday. So you know, ask him, hey Devin, do you think he'd be ready to pitch an inning in a couple of days? He'd say, "Damn, betcha." You know? <laughs> but instead, they send it back and call up a guy who just uh, gave up uh, eight runs and three and a third innings in Rochester. And they also need another lefty, by the way. Yeah, Pat- I mean Schmelzer. 60-second yes, Vikings training camp preview. Go. Uh, I think uh, there was a discussion on this the other day that uh, Dalvin Cook is my everybody. Who's your most interesting character? He's my most interesting character because if this is another year and this phenomenal guy who's a better running back than Adrian Peterson, except he plays four games a year, if this is another year, if this is another year, he gets hurt. Goodbye. See you later. We're going to go fight another running back. You 40. So I think he's a very key player. I mean, that's what I'm interested in looking at. And that's Zim. I hope Zim runs off at least two more kickers. Look, let's give Zim a little credit last year, by the way, for running off this kid who's now the best kicker in the league. And, you know, patience. That's, that's Zim's first one, right? Patience? So, <laughs> Not Mike Zimmer. Yeah. Get him out of here. He hit a goalpost to Green Bay. Now he hasn't missed one since. Way to go. Holy dummy. <laughs> Oh man! All right, Pat. We'll uh, we'll catch you again tomorrow. All right. All right. Goodbye. All right. See ya. That's, that's that led to the great presser, the uh, Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press, the day after the Packer yeah, game. That's right. Mike, why did you cut the kicker, Daniel Carlson? Mike's response: Did you watch the game? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I remember. I remember hearing that in uh, in Milwaukee. And that's <laughs> did you watch? A, that's a great. Did you watch quote. the game? 
What was the other one when he fired the offensive line coach a couple of years ago? Jeff Davidson, because I wanted to. Somebody said, Why? yeah, what was your reasoning behind letting him go? Because I wanted to. Yeah, or I didn't want to bring him back. <laughs> no, he said, why didn't you bring him back? He said, because I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You can find Mackie and Jeb with Rami on demand anywhere you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, but we'd love you to download that Score North mobile app. It's free. Free. Totally free. Free. For a possibly limited time. We're going to be at Allianz Field tomorrow hanging out at the